Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 329 of the Drunk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler, and joining me for the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Hey, Tyler, I'm doing all right. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm so happy to have a day off. Man, we go through like a work week in retail, and like you're trying to prepare for like a big major sale, which for my store's case was like a freaking 4th of July sale. Tensions run high, stress runs deep, and then it's like, once the thing is all over, it's like, yep, time to sit down and actually just relax for a change. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, man, what's kind of funny is, like, uh, for the better part of the day, as I've been chilling, it's like I went out, got some coffee this morning, and uh, my mom decides to go for an experiment with this thing called, like, a keto drink or something mm, like that. Okay, okay, okay. And so, basically, what it is, it's like this uh, this kind of, like, cold brew sort of coffee, right? Mm. And, uh sh- Apparently, from what it tastes like, it put in some, like, it tasted like some bit of coke powder and mm. what I kind of feel like is some sort of, like, protein sort of, like, shit inside of it. Ew. And it kind of tasted like some sort of coca protein shake. Mm. <laughs> nope. Don't fuck with my coffee. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, though. It, it was kind of funny because uh, the, the girl was, like... Uh, just convinced my mom's like, yeah, yeah. It's like you can only get in two sizes. You get twenty four and thirty six. It's like my mom's like, okay, I'm gonna get twenty four. And like, uh, she takes one sip of it and she's, <laughs> and then she goes where it's like, yeah, I don't like this. And all of a sudden she gives it to me and I just start drinking on it. It's like, you know what? It just kind of tastes like a. It just kind of tastes like chocolate protein drink. You know, that's. Mm-mm. I still got it in the refrigerator. You know, sipping on and off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> but. Uh, it would be so bad though if it like had uh, coffee. I know, right? Some <laughs> actual coffee to it. <laughs> but uh, nah. Other than that, though, I decided to also go forth and uh, went into another thrift store, and I was shopping around, and to my surprise, found a bunch of records, dude. I actually found. Actually, I, can't, I found like about a half a dozen decent ones. But I got around $30 worth of albums, ranging from John Lennon. This is like a Greatest Hits collection. I ended up buying a Pink Floyd album, which oh, I man. was very surprised they had one in. It's like, Wish You Were Here. Mm-hmm. It's the album cover where it's like you have the one man chick in the other man's hand, and the one and one of them's on fire. It's like, oh, yeah, this is Pink Floyd. My mom looks at me, it's like, wait, that's Pink Floyd? It's like, yeah. I mean, look at the cover art. It's so weird and abstract. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> My mom was a huge Pink Floyd fan, fan back in the day. But uh, other than that, though, I end up getting a Steve Miller Band album. Like, And these records, man, these records were, like, really good in shape. No deep scratches or anything else of it. I had to check every single one of the albums that I was interested in because when you buy, like, a big old, like, record use or something like that, you've got to look for those deep scratches. Because uh, it could potentially mess up the sound quality <laughs> when you try to play them. But the last one actually was the probably the most probably my rarest find that I had for today, and that was the Jimi Hendrix album, dude. I got a freaking Jimi Hendrix. It was uh, let's see, I remember the title of it. I just need to look at it for a moment. It's Rainbow Bridge, and apparently it's from like a. 
a soundtrack to a motion picture, but the album itself is supposed to be very, very good. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, man, it's like finding that type of a find I was not expecting. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I have been playing some bit of games here and there. But, uh, well, I'll leave that up to what we've been playing and stuff. So, how have you been doing, Tyler? I'm doing all right. You know, just uh, working away. Um, kind of been crazy the last couple of weeks. Sorry for missing last week, guys. But, uh, you know, just, just been working and living life. Uh, it was nice little bit of a four-day weekend this weekend. It's Friday night, for people that don't know, for us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> had a, it was nice. Had, we had two uh, Fourth of Julys, basically, this week. Uh Wednesday we did one with her um, with my family, and then last night Thursday night on um, we did one with her uh, her family. So that was fun. Um, blew some stuff up, ate, ate a bunch of uh, good food. Um, it was funny. My sister um, uh, nearly uh, killed uh, Courtney's two nieces on uh, Wednesday night um, when she lit a f- <laughs> she lit something, but like it doesn't really. It's like a triangle, like a pyramid one, but it doesn't really tell you like what sides up like it didn't really make any loss like we all like oh no so we're like i don't i don't like we didn't know what it, we thought it was like one of those shower ones we're like i don't really know what this does but because oh, it was like <laughs> the whole thing looked identical <laughs> across the board and we're like yeah. well the wick's at the bottom so we'll just light it there assume that's like face put it down that way oh, usually no. how it works no this thing shot off went straight at them uh <laughs> and luckily they, um and i haven't courtney doesn't know about that part yet because she didn't see this and i said don't <laughs> And I said, don't tell Courtney. And like, okay. And they didn't. So we're good. But, um, so, yeah, that was, so that was <laughs> the next day, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hear about it as soon as this comes up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, it was fun. And then, uh, Thursday night, I about blew up her dad's house a few times. So that was fun too. Uh, <laughs> got a little crazy with the, uh, with the explosives, but you know, things go boom. And sometimes it's never really 4th of July without some of those duds. Or not just the duds, but the ones that don't go the way they're supposed to go. Um, right. Yeah, you, know, you really have a. It's not really truly a Fourth of July until it happens, and you know yeah, we had a few of those. Uh, some that just uh, just didn't shoot the the way they're supposed to shoot, and they shot, and they went towards the house instead of going up. Uh, a few <laughs> times. Uh, so yeah, that, that was uh, that was fun. Uh, luckily, everybody's okay. I think. Yeah, that's true. What was really funny though is like <laughs> this one. Uh, it lit and it was like one of those, it was like a multi-shot. So it'd shoot one, then the next one, then the next one, it was like 20 shots and yeah. the shot went off and, uh, his grass was like poofy. So like nothing was like sitting down like flat. So you had to like be really careful and like make sure it was like sturdy. Well, one went off and then two went off and then it tipped over after the second one, right? Oh no. Right towards everybody. And there was like, I don't know, probably 12 of us there and uh, probably about four or five kids and um so all the adults like jump in front of the kids block the kids block the kids courtney took off around the house (laughs) 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 took off around the house (laughs) well grabbed a beer took off around the house so that was i'm like and i'm I'm like i'm like running back to everybody i'm like get out of them come on guys let's go and they're all just standing there blocking the kids are sitting there watching it not moving and they're all the adults like have their hands up and they're like they're uh like blocking with their backs and uh, yeah, I'm like, I just oh see Courtney God. pop her head around the corner. I'm like, is it okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
good to know. I don't know what's funnier, like the fact that the grown adults have to just stand right there to shield the kids and not scurry them away to the fucking safety like they should, or the fact that your girlfriend goes for that hides around a corner and stuff's like, hey, you guys all right? I, yeah, I feel like if we were ever be chased by a bear, she'd probably just push me down and then run. I, that, that's the most likely outcome. Here, take him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot more meat on his bones. Yeah. <laughs> I heard the ass has, has the most meat on it. That, that'd be the end of me. So. Good to know she's useless in a crisis. So. Yeah, but uh, been doing good otherwise. Been uh, playing some games, which is nice, which uh, I guess we can uh, segue into, uh, even though I ruined the segue by mentioning the fact there's a segue there. Uh, but, Gables, um, we've both been playing yeah. the same game. Should we, play, should we talk about that first? Um, or do you want to, have you played anything else besides Mario Maker? Yes, I have actually. Okay. I have officially finished the. I have officially finished a lot of the main campaign stuff for Captain Toad. All that's left now is like the bonus stages, but I can tackle that another time. But at the same point, I got through the main campaign of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Nice. <laughs> All three episodes. And man. What an experience that was. Like, towards the end, I had to go through and collect a whole bunch of coins in certain areas. Had, on the very last stage, where you had to face off against Wingo one last time, there are not one, but there's two spots where there's two hidden gold mushrooms that I have to go forth and had to collect and didn't know where the hell they were at until I had to look up a little video. I kind of had to do that for a couple of the uh, last pixel toads because those were hidden well, honestly. But uh, I have gotten every single pixel toad. I had completed every single one of those uh, secondary missions and stuff. Got all of those emeralds, the, all those freaking like uh, diamonds from episode one to three. And I think I've I played through some bit of the bonus levels, right? Yeah. And a lot of them are inspired by Super Mario Odyssey, which I gotta admit, man, it's like some of those themed levels from Mario Odyssey are pretty cool. They are pretty cool. Yes. They're based upon like specific stages from the Mario Odyssey game, and a lot of them make sense, you know? And uh, when it comes down to it, I will come back to that later, as I've kind of uh, <laughs> played my fair share of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, <laughs> but man, what a fantastic game that is. Yes. I mean... Some would argue the best oof. game on the Wii U. Honestly, I could, I could not doubt them there. I mean, that is definitely one of the best games of the Wii U, bar none. But definitely, come that thing being ported over to the Switch definitely is making it a case for one of the best games on the Switch, too. Yes. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I have restarted a playthrough of a game I have not touched in around nine years, and that is Chrono Trigger. Now, here's something... In the in a little bit of the history of uh, this game with me, the first time I started this game, it was on the Nintendo DS. I had it on my DS Lite. I played through the game once in its entirety. That was such a fantastic game that I still consider it to this day to be my absolute favorite game of all time. Hmm. <laughs> it had that much of an impact, and I remember so much about it, but at the same time... Nine years later, I just had a craving that I just wanted to play it. You know, just randomly. So I started it up, 
I am not too far into it, but I am playing it currently on my 3DS XL. It definitely has the same impression. It's leaving me with the same impression that I had when I first played it. But oh my gosh, that game's combat, the music, everything else about it is just phenomenal. I mean, case in point, phenomenal. If you're if even the listeners have some bit of interest in playing this game, Chrono Trigger, if you have a 3DS, track it down. I don't care if you got to pay like about 20, 50 bucks. I don't know, not even too sure how much the game is worth right now in terms of a, a DS port. But stay away from the Steam version. Mm-hmm. That's got bug issues. Don't even bother if you have like say a PlayStation 1 or something because that's got load issues. But the best definitive edition is for the Nintendo DS. Because it's got extra missions to it, and the combat and everything else has been redefined. It's actually an improvement upon the Super Nintendo original, in case of like dialogue from translation issues, and also in terms of new abilities and new other features as well. But uh, it's just one of those few RPGs that uh, I played through back in the day, which was very fantastic. And now playing through it again and watching one of my favorite Let's Players play through it again, Chuck Conroy. Man, that game is special. It is definitely special. But other than that, that's pretty much what I've been playing into that extent. But you, like you said before, Tyler, you and I have been playing Super Mario Maker 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. So what's your initial thoughts so far? I like it a lot. <laughs> um, oh my god! So I was selling Gables for the show. Um, I started playing Metro Exodus uh, like last Wednesday, and I played a couple hours of it. And then Mario Maker Two came out, and I haven't touched it since. Um, so that should tell you how much I'm liking this game. Uh, even though I'm, I'm really enjoying Metro Exodus, to be, to be fair, so far. But um, yeah, anyways. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm really liking it. I haven't done any of the co-op stuff. I haven't done anything on the trading online. I heard it's not great. Uh, I haven't. That was when, like last weekend. I haven't heard anything since then. If it's improved or not. Um, but uh, just going in and check out the levels. There's there's certain things I still don't like. I don't like the 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 naming convention, like the code convention, and things like that. It's, it's, the the layout of everything could be better. Um, but I, I'm I really 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 like um, how much easier it is to find like new levels um and the fact that like all the levels like when you go in there and look like it's, i don't know if, if people are making less of them or if people aren't playing them as much or the algorithms change but um i don't see those stupid like don't press any button levels as much like i've seen like three of them uh since, oh. since this game came out i don't know about you um so i'm really liking that it's it's so refreshing like and just playing all these levels um I've been great. I've been fine constant. Like I'll, I'll sit down and play it for like a half an hour or so every day. And uh, there, there's obviously some duds out there, but I'm, I'm going through and I played a bunch of the popular, like the most popular ones or whatever. But I like when you just go to like the, the new courses and I'll just sit there and scroll through a bunch and, and play some of those. Cause I, I've been, so I've found some really, like I've talked about before. I'm not a big 2d Mario fan. I love the 3d ones more. Um, but I, I've, it's been really refreshing. I found a lot of really great levels. Um, uh, I, I legitimately scared Courtney for the first time um, last Saturday when she watched me try to play a level from this je- this guy from Japan made. Um, uh-huh. And after the forty fifth minute uh, and two hundredth death, 
uh, I finally made this one jump uh, that I could not get. To. It was like 30 seconds in the level, and I was just going nuts. She's like, "You're gonna beat this level. You're not gonna stop." Because I, I my because I play like a game. I play like a part for like you know like 10 deaths and I just give up and she's like you're gonna beat this one until you you're not gonna stop until you beat it so I finally beat it and I was just like <laughs> I made the jump I was so excited I made the jump I was going nuts and she's like I'm gonna go sit in the other room so she went inside <laughs> the other room I made the jump so excited and fucking immediately died so um yeah um so yeah it's been, it's been going great I'm having a lot of fun with it uh I some of the the best levels like are like the ones I like the ones like it's like the auto scroll ones are the best like when you have to like hit everything in rhythm, um, yeah. But you know obviously there's still some duds out there. Like anybody can make a, a level with like a thousand bad guys, and just troll the shit out of you. Um, but some of these levels, just like in the first one, are like legitimately some of the best like levels are ever made in, in gaming. Like I, I tried playing the Matt make Matt makes games that who made Celeste uh, has up- mm-hmm. uploaded his own levels. I'm playing some of those. Um, holy fucking shit, they're hard. Um, they are nuts. Uh, and like they do, they they do like some of them. I played some levels where like it, like you have to do like the little tr- the little twirl jump thing you do like in the in Mario the Mario U, U games, the new Mario games, yeah. or whatever. And like it's kind of like their dash. Um, so it's been it's been really cool. I'm having a lot of, I'm having a blast. I haven't made any levels yet, uh, but I've had a lot of fun uh, with this game. A lot more fun, I think, than I actually had with the. The first one, there, there's things I missed. The um, oh man, what was that called? Meverse, I think is what it was called. Um, right. I really missed that. Like that was really cool. Like posting like levels you made on the Meverse so your friends can see them. Because um, that was oh, that yeah. was you know with the with all the codes that they had back in the last game. Like that made it so you can only see your friends. Like you can post them on here. Hey, I made a level. You know, and you can check them out. Um, so this, I think it could really use something like that. Um, like see what your friends see what your friends. This should automatically be a friends list. You can go check out your friends' games or their levels. Um, but yeah, I've been having a blast. I played a couple of Justin's levels, uh, which are which are really good actually. Um, a couple of guys at work after the game too, and they've been giving me their codes, and it's kind of fun. Like, I'll play the I'll play the levels, and I'll go I'll go to work, and I'll sit there and chit chat with them about the levels and what I thought about it and stuff, and like actually giving them like honest feedback and criticism about it. Like, hey, uh, you know, this is cool, but I think you know what you know. I've seen a million of these, or maybe you try something like this. Like, I'm not a level guy by any stretch, but uh, it's fun talking to them about you know about that. Um, it, I like to see him like to see you go to their levels or something like that. This is absolute shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Uh, there's 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 parts, and when I played a couple of their levels, I'm like, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. I want him to get fired from his job. That's how much I hate this guy right now. Uh, but um, no, it, it's been fun. Um, it, you know, like I said, like, even if like, you find a couple of bad levels, um, I don't go more than three or four like checkouts of a level before I find something that's like, like, oh, this is a blast. Like, oh, that was really great. Um, but yeah, no, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. What about you, Gables? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, though. I haven't tried any of the online courses yet. But I have been knee-deep inside of the single-player aspect mm. because, of course, <laughs> that's pretty much the main appeal of why I wanted to play Super Mario Maker 2 to start off with. I have been having a blast just playing through a lot of the uh, generated levels from uh, from the employees from Nintendo because a lot of them are actually pretty interesting. Because there are specific type of missions where you have to go through and complete in order to earn enough coins to build up the next portion of Peach's castle. And currently I'm like around 25% done with the castle, like about a quarter of the way. And uh, I have 
I have so far passed like a couple, like a level or two or something where I haven't had to jump at all. <laughs> like I couldn't jump or any portions so I would fail the mission. I've done that. I've actually gone through a stage where I have rid, ridden inside of a dry, sh <laughs> dry bone shell <laughs> across this pool of like toxic waste and stuff like that. And that uh, if I touch it, I die. So it's like I had to go through and, tr and try to dodge like these home-seeking like freaking bullet bills and all this other shit to try to get across and uh, do this and do that. I've came across a level where I've had to find all these various keys inside the, this like ghost house and stuff to where I had to collect as many of them as possible in order to get like some of the better like endings and bigger rewards. I ended up finding like all except for like two keys and it's like, okay, I gotta finish this level. It's like, oh man. <laughs> And there's more secrets to it. And it's just been a blast because these are user-created levels from Nintendo employees themselves that have the in-depth feel of a legitimate Mario level to an extent where this is it gets pretty creative, like how you have to transverse and how you can actually solve some of these courses. Let's see. I've seen some bit of usage from Yoshi and stuff. I have... Literally been confused about a couple times while going through some of these ghost house levels. But uh, overall, you know, the game design, the bit of the 3D world stuff is really fun. I mean, the 3D world stuff, I was amazed how well it adapted to a 2D perspective in that case and scenario. But uh, it's kind of funny playing as Cat Mario and then just doing like the same moves and this stuff. And then being able to like deflect bullet bills inside opposite directions and stuff. Like, there's this one level that introduces all the whole Cat Mario stuff, and then you had to go through, you had to get the Cat Mario power-up, and then try to beat a Bullet Bill, you know, just pod it, right, in order for it to turn direction, in order to take out some bit of, like, these stone platforms you can't go with. Oh, man, speaking of platforms, though, the Koopa Clown car is a lot different in this case, where you can actually power it up, like, with a Fire Flower or some sort of stuff. And it actually could shoot fire, like fireballs and stuff in order to destroy certain uh, platforms. So you can get like a couple different things, like say more coins, like more different types of areas that uh, you can didn't have access to before. It's just some creative ideas I'm seeing being tossed around. It's really fun. I mean, I haven't went into any of the uh, lessons yet or any other types of stuff. But there is so much depth to this game, Tyler. There is more depth to this game now than there was in the original Mario Maker. Because not, not, not only do you have like the, a solid single-player stuff so far, but you also have the, I think of the Yamamoto or the Yamaguchi or whatever the hell type of uh, pigeon course stuff where he gives you advice and all that stuff. And then you have like all the other like online stuff. I mean, this game is definitely awesome. It's definitely one. Of, it's definitely up there with some of the best uh, games I've played this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Quite easily. But... Uh, Oh my gosh, there's really not too much that I can else I can say about it right now. I mean, I still need to play more of it. I've only been checking away maybe a couple levels a night, but oh man, I just want to dig into this game deep. It's just that type of game where I know I'm going to get lost in it. <laughs> so deep, so deep. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I haven't played as many games at this point in the year as I usually play, but it's by far the best game I've played this year. Um, same. It's same with me. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm shocked because this is a game I thought I was going to have like, 
I've done this a lot with Switch games, and uh, you know, since it came out, where like, oh, it's fun for like a weekend or something, and I never played it again. I even did the last Mario Maker where, like, I bought it and I played it for like a week or two, and it was fun, and then I just stopped playing it. So I'm hoping I don't think it's gonna be like that, especially with uh, having Courtney around and like her nieces uh, and nieces and nephews came over last weekend and came over um, earlier this week. And uh, we were playing it, and they were watching me play, and they were playing some levels too. You know, they're young, so they can't really, really. They beat a couple like easier levels. Like I tried to help them find easy levels. Um, right. Just like I think that's, you know, endless gameplay for for us there. Like it's just like, hey, here you go. <laughs> like, and if you know, like when they spend if they spend a night, like I here here's Mario Maker. We can go like go to bed or go watch a movie in the bedroom or something like that. So it's perfect uh, for that. <laughs> so it's yeah. like that game is gonna play, pay dividends for us. Um, yeah, it's it's a blast. Uh, I can't. I, I'm I'm constantly have like the urge in the back of my head. Just like, ah, let's go play Mario Maker and uh, play a couple levels. Like Stranger <laughs> Things season three came out yesterday, and I've been fucking yep. jonesing for that for that show uh, to, to to watch that the new season. And I got five minutes into the first episode, I'm like, I should go play some Mar- Hold up, Mario. Maker. Mar- Hold up a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna play some Mario Maker. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, so that's as far as I've gotten. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, oh, man, God damn it, Gables, should we just stop the podcast and go play some Mario Maker? <laughs> and, I know, right? And it's even when I'm not playing Mario Maker, I'm watching people play Mario Maker. Like that game, like as fun as it is to play, it's, I think it's even more fun to watch people play the game on like Twitch or YouTube and stuff. So it's watching like highlight. Oh, I know, right? Like I'm watching Game Grumps. They've been. Uh, playing levels. Oh, of course. Yeah, uh, they just started their thing. I think episode f- like they've done like four episodes so far. Uh, of the, of Mario Maker Two, Mario Maker Two, which has been a, which has been funny to watch because I, I watch every. I don't, I don't. I like Game Grumps, but I don't watch. I watch some stuff here and there, or I'll, like if I, there's a certain game I like a lot, I'll watch and play that. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm mm-hmm. at with the Game Grumps. It's like I don't watch them every mm-hmm. day because God, I get tired of the same so much content type of spiel. Yeah. It's so much content that they do per day that you cannot possibly keep up with it daily. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm I've seen that they've made some videos for Mario Maker Two, which I'm pretty sure that's probably be fucking really funny. Yes. And probably a lot of levels made by Ross already. Yep. Yep. They've already, so they've like, already played a couple of them. <laughs> that sounds excellent, yeah. though. But uh, yeah, I, I watched. They did like 130 videos. Uh, they're like 12 minutes, 12, 15 minutes each. But on the first game, they, they made like 130 videos, episodes or whatever. Which is insane. And I watch every that single one of them. all the way up until like, what, last year? Yeah, well, they come back. They take a break, come back to it after like a few months. So, uh, yeah, having a blast. Just like, when I, you know, even when I'm not playing it, I probably spent another five hours watching people play the game. So, um, <laughs> that's how much I'm enjoying this game. Um, but, yeah, oh, boy, what a blast. Love that game. Um, it just makes it more that I want 3D World ported to the switch like i know right i really do want 3d world after playing mario maker yeah. 2 like we know we know what's happening it's it's going to come eventually they've only got a handful of like switch big switch games they have probably that might be the last big switch game that hasn't made it to the from the our wii u game that hasn't made it to the switch yet but uh yeah you are definitely right about that yeah that's the last major game i can think of that has not been ported to the switch from the wii u yeah. and even more so it's like each by each day passing it's like the Wii U is just becoming that one redheaded just hey. irrelevancy. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> but yeah, you understand what I'm getting at, yeah. though. It's like. Ginger suck. You know, if the 
I know the Wii U is going to be a freaking expensive console one of these days. Oh, yeah. Buy, you know, and the games are going to be rare for that son of a gun come 10 years down the line. But at the same point, it is very irrelevant right now because a lot of the games that we're playing on the Switch currently were Wii U ports. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, I mean, that's the one nice thing, I guess, about the Wii U sucking and not selling so much is because, like, there's a lot of great games on there that nobody played. So now they're like, they're kind of like yep. new games again for a lot of people. So. That's kind of the thing that's been filling in those gaps for the for the Switch and making it as big as it is. But um, yeah, hell, there's even like some YouTubers that were exclusive like Mario Maker players and stuff like that that were waking were like pretty much waiting for another game to pop up on the the Switch because that was the only game they were playing on the Wii U. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand that. Like, I remember like Jeff Gertzman on Giant Bomb was talking about a few times over the years where he's like, he's like, I still have my Wii U plugged in just for Mario Maker. Like that's the only reason I, I, I even have that thing around. Is like now that like, oh my god. So I haven't listened to Giant Bomb in a while, but I know like he, I heard him talking. and He said like he's like once I get once Mario Maker Two finally comes out, I can put my my Wii U away. So um, yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a oh boy, what a blast, great game. Anyways, mm. um, moving on. So not a lot. We haven't recorded in two weeks, but still not a lot of news. Uh, you know, we're still in that kind of that E three uh, slow slow period, slow period, but. At least we got Mario Maker to pass the time. Oh yeah. Um, so um, <clears throat> there's a couple a couple small things uh, I want to talk about. This is something that's been a big subject over the last uh, year or so. Especially, it's been like some people things people have been talking about for a while, but it's definitely blown up after uh, Telltale Games closed last year, and then uh, Obsidian closing last year by EA, like about you know unionizing and also with like crunch and um, you know things of that nature and like delays and stuff. So. Um, I thought it was interesting. So this happened, I, I think this happened not too long after E3, but the article came out uh, just last week. But uh, this was an interview with uh, Doug, Doug Bowser, who's the new president of Ameri- uh, Nintendo of America. Um, so he did an interview with IGN, and they, they talked about, uh, like, delays. Like They, they kind of mentioned that uh, um, uh, Animal Crossing was delayed because they didn't want to do crunch. But uh, there's some interesting points he made. So uh, a lot of, I'm reading this all verbatim from the article. Uh, so it starts off with like the crunch. The crunch point is an interesting one for us. One of our key tenets is that we bring smiles to people's faces, and we talk about that all the time. It's our vision on our or our mission, I should say, for us that that applies to our own employees. We need to make sure that our employees have good work-life balance. One of those examples is we will not bring a game to market before it's before it's ready. We just talked about one example: Animal Crossing delay, like I just mentioned. Um, it's really important that we have that balance in our in our world. It's actually something we're proud of. Um, and I thought that was a really a really great great point to bring up. And uh, they said uh, uh, that this was not the first time Nintendo commented on, on Crunch. Uh, they said uh, last year at Waypoint asked a series of publishers, including Nintendo, what they were doing to avoid Crunch. Uh, we this is from Reggie uh, before he retired, saying we flex through the use of contract employees. We flex in the way we work with our agency partners. Uh, our mentality our mentality is we're going to flex by adding headcount as appropriate to help us get over crunch. That's the way we approach it. So um, definitely uh, really refreshing to hear. You know, it seems like you know, Nintendo is somebody that is not afraid to, uh, never been afraid to delay games. Like we, we've, we bitch and moan about how like uh, Smash Brothers, how many times like the, 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 the Wii version get delayed or Breath of the Wild got delayed like what like right. two whole years after it's supposed to come out in 2015. Yeah, two whole years. Um, you know, like we, they delay their games all the time, and we always talk about it and we. It's always frustrating when a game gets delayed. Like we all know, or like it doesn't come out as soon as we want it to. 
but there's a reason for that, and it's great to hear that. Uh, you know, we, we bitch a lot about like well, we, we complain a lot about like, EA, like about how their games come out all the time broken and buggy, and you hear about how like their employees are like been working hundred hour work weeks, and now so this game came out broken and buggy that no and no one likes it now. They're pissed off that this game's not as good like Anthem, and all their employees are fucking exhausted and they kill themselves for no reason, uh, or for no not for no reason, but you know for a game that came out and because it wasn't ready, you know. Um, it didn't do as good as it should have. Um, I don't know, Gables. I mean, what, what do you think? What do you think about this uh, with with the whole crunch and Nintendo's philosophy on it? Well, let's see. The crunch culture in general, I feel, is very. Actually, it's just like very like uh, preventable. I know, in terms of like a con- like a company standpoint, especially for like say big AAA publishers, like say an EA, Electronic Arts, where that's relatively common. That's Honestly, I understand the reasonings that they want to try to get things done as quickly as possible and meet a deadline. But at the same time, we're talking about multi-billion-dollar companies that are working. A lot of their workers just dire to the bone, where they're just busting their asses trying to meet like specific needs on a game that potentially could fail if they don't get it out the door right away. And with that being said, it is fantastic hearing this from Nintendo the company Nintendo, who actually has taken losses in stock because of their whole philosophy, yeah. you know, actually humanality, philosophy, like, philosophy, <laughs> like philosophy when it came to work ethic. It's just really sad that inside of the gaming industry, crunch is so common, and especially trying to get like uh, certain AAA games <laughs> finished on time. I mean, the big example that we've had in the past couple of years is Red Dead Redemption 2 and how the workers of that game were under such dire deadlines they had to take, like, what? Like, uh, they had to work, like, 12-hour days mm-hmm. and, like, work, like, about 60 to 80 hours a week or whatever the hell, or even longer for some. Same thing could be a, it can be applied for people in working in Bioware and stuff on Anthem. And we all know how much of a train wreck that damn game was, yeah. and that was because... Yeah, it still is, man. And there's hardly any type of interest in Anthem. And that's partially due to EA and its philosophy on shoving games so quickly out of the door, even when they know it's not ready, because they want to get some sort of incremental change, like some sort of incremental profit or something from it. Which, you know what? They probably are not going to be getting anytime soon, because they are the ones responsible for how terrible Anthem has gotten. Not the people of Bioware but electronic arts themselves for instilling that type of crunch culture type of top that the whole crunch culture stuff in and of itself it's like what i was saying before that's why it's so refreshing seeing nintendo taking a stance where they don't want to do stuff like that like forcing the workers to work about 60 to 80 hour like maybe weeks or something or even longer or even longer types of crunch weeks in order to meet certain deadlines Hell, even in terms of the Pokemon company, you know, where they're busting their asses too to try to get, like, plenty of games, like, out of the door besides their mainline Pokemon games, you know. It's like, taking the time and actually delaying games and making sure they're done right and go out the door (laughs) properly on day one. Honestly, in this day and age, that's the most important thing. Because, here's the thing. That type of philosophy was normal say 20 years ago 
or like even like ten to even like ten to twenty years ago, where if you went through, there would not be uncommon for games to be delayed, maybe like five six months mm-hmm. or maybe like a year or two. I mean, that's an old school gaming philosophy, but because of this current gaming age over the past like five or so years where gamers are expecting these big budget games to be developed almost on time every single year and it costing the industry millions upon millions of dollars just to produce like one maybe big budget triple a game with like about god we're talking about hundreds of people working on like one game and stuff like that but still being like a buggy mess and all this other shit (laughs) oh man Talk about a catch-42 when it comes to that stuff, you know? And that's just how the gaming industry today is. So, in this case in point, you know, it's like, I would much rather take a game company, say like Nintendo, take then follow their type of approach in terms of how they view, like, crunch work ethic and stuff. Because, at the end of the day, their product shows, like, the amount of quality that they have put inside their like, uh, first-party games over the past couple of years. We're saying, like, say, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, or even, to a certain extent, with a lot of the games that they put out the past couple... Then, like, a well, the past year or so. Mm-hmm. Even, like, let's say with Mario Maker 2 that we're currently playing and stuff. That game was... Even though it did have its own deadlines and stuff like that, there were times where these games were delayed, that they were gone through and actually ironed out a lot of the glitches and stuff and on day one they were actually fairly playable and did not have to go yeah. through the subject and rigmarole or the victim of circumstance like some of these other games triple a games or major publishers have on day one with all these big old like 10 gigabyte patches or some bullshit like that you know but uh yeah that's pretty much how i feel about it tyler no i mean that's good <laughs> that's a good way to feel i mean like I gotta say though, it's for it's impossible in in any in pretty much any business to avoid crunch or long hours or stressful workplaces. Right. Like um, every business I've been a part of, like there's gonna be points where you have to work long hours. Whether it's like I worked at retail jobs where like, well, so and so just walked out. So Tyler, can you stay till you know you're about five? Can you stay till ten? Or hey, I need you to work. You get called in on Saturday. Or you know, I've had jobs where like. You're leaving. It's Friday afternoon. You're going to leave, and hey, need you coming at five tomorrow on Saturday. Awesome, you know. Or like my job I have now, six eight months out of the year, you're working pretty much every Saturday, and you're working eleven twelve hour days. There are eight or nine on Saturday. Right. It's there's, and you know, it's like it's every every field, not just you know video games, has periods where there's going to be crunch. There's gonna be times where you're right. working longer hours, or you're just more stressful, stressed out. There's deadlines. There has, you know, there has to be deadlines for things. Always, things will never get done. Um, so you have to have those. You have to kind of put for a lot of people put that extra pressure on them because like, some people, oh yeah, you, you need that to push yourself, and some people thrive on it. Some people, you know, they can't handle they can't handle it. I mean, in some some cases it's not fair. Some cases it is. Um, well, yes, of course, of course, especially if, say, if you're a worker that's on, like, say, a salary type of wage and, like, say, your company doesn't pay, like, overtime if you, like, work over 40 hours mm-hmm. or something like that. It's, like, it can get very dicey very quick, especially if, say, you're upper management or something. Say if you're in a position where you are on salary and uh, you are pretty much on call in case something extreme does happen yeah. to where your work week may go from, like, 40 hours one week to maybe about 60 or something the next. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not, not, not trying to you know 
say that people don't have valid points here, but it's just something that happens in every industry. But um, I think it's just more public because it's with, with things going on, especially, like I said, Telltale, like where people are working literally 70, 80 hours the, the, that week. And then, hey, you guys don't have jobs anymore. Um, and, you know, with Obsidian and there's everything going on lately, uh, it's, and like you said, like it's like what we were talking about earlier with like Anthem, like that game came out and it wasn't finished. And these guys, like I said, they killed themselves for basically no reason. Um, it yep. just it when you hear eighty, hundred hour work weeks, like I'm exhausted doing. You know, I'm burnt out after six, eight months of working fifty five, seventy hours a week. Like I couldn't imagine right, right. doing when there's like, what one hundred forty four so hours in a week, and you spend a hundred of those at work. Uh, oh. Like you have no like that doesn't include drive time, getting ready, uh, the time like I think we all have that that decompressed time after work. Like you don't have that time. To do that or if you have a family you know at all like there's that say goodbye to them for a while um so you know i, I think it's 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 refreshing to hear that and just like talk about like talk about how you know you know that's we want to with a work-life balance like that's awesome that's important to hear like i'm sure there's not i'm sure they're not all working 40 hour weeks and going home i'm sure they're still working longer hours but they're, they're at least trying to management manage it you know like you hear about things things going on with the people at Fortnite with uh epic games right now where like they're working crazy hours but like they've been like trying for a good stretch there um but they're trying to like um fix that where they're like forcing people to take a week off or take time off or, or go home early or come in later like they're trying to like they're not giving employees the options because sometimes and i've been that way at points where like you have to like tell them to go home you have to for like to people they can't just oh, they yeah. can't just leave until the job's done uh, and I've been that way. Like I've I've worked going to work at five thirty, and it's nine o'clock at night. And I'm still there. Like I'm not going home until this is done. And my boss literally had to come to work and tell me to go home. Like drove into work at <laughs> nine o'clock on a Friday and say, "Go home." So, you know, like I think we've all, I think everybody's been there. I think we're in in jobs, but it, it's like I said, it's, it's awesome here. They're trying to help help with that. Um, and it, it, it's just it's great. I, I I like that a lot. I wish. Uh, I hope eventually we can get to the point where more companies uh will do that especially you know the bigger ones because that seems like we were like that's the, that's the worst problem at like ea uh for example like that's when you always hear about having the uh the most problems uh but anyways moving on to our next topic here so gables i'm gonna let you mostly take this one because this is uh kind of more your thing than mine but this has to do with pokemon so uh game freak uh game freaks uh oh jesus christ Junichi Masada, he's the producer. Of, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, he's the producer of the Pokemon uh, Sword and Shields. Um, he has uh, released a statement about um, about the issue going on with like not all Pokemon are going to be playable in Sword and Shield. So this is uh, his statement here. Thank you to all our fans for caring so deeply about Pokemon. Recently, I shared the news that some Pokemon cannot be transferred to Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, I've read all your comments and appreciate. Your love and passion for Pokemon. Just like all of you, we are passionate about Pokemon. Excuse me. And each and every one of them is very important to us. After so many years of developing the Pokemon video games, this was a very difficult decision for me. I'd like to make one thing clear. Even if a specific Pokemon is not available in Sword and Shield, that does not mean it will not appear in future games. The The world of Pokemon continues to evolve. The Galar region offers new Pokemon to encounter, trainers to battle, and adventures to embark on. We are pouring our hearts into these games, and we hope you will look forward to joining us on this new adventure. So, Gables, mm-hmm. after hearing all that, pondering it, what are your thoughts? 
Well, let's see. For one, I do appreciate that uh, the Pokemon Company, and especially Jinichi Masuda, is actually addressing the fan base directly in regards to the whole National Dex stuff. Which, you know what, that just shows that if the fans do make enough noise and stuff, the company will listen and actually respond in in response to what uh, many of the Pokemon fan base is feeling right now, which is equally parts kind of betrayed a bit, and also a bit like, uh, honestly, still kind of a bit of a rage over this kind of news with it. But at the same time, it's like, they did a great... I think the Pokemon company, especially Junichi Masuda, made a great job in, like, addressing, like, uh, the initial thoughts and feelings, you know? you know, Because they deeply care about the stuff that they create as well, you know? In terms of the creature, the Pokemon they've created, the whole adventure stuff that they've ended up making over the years and stuff. But what kind of thing I take issue with is the fact that it does not mean, like, say... then this is, like, the specific statement that he did say in his... Uh, and Janichi Masuda made in this statement where it's like that it does not mean like these Pokemon. There's some Pokemon that appeared in Sword and Shield, you know, that does not mean that they won't appear like in future games. You know, it's one thing in and of itself just to say, okay, you know what? You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to transfer all your Pokemon and stuff from previous games inside the Galar region. I mean, hell, I can live with that and stuff, but uh, it kind of. But after reading through his statement from, like, uh, when I had a chance to read it yesterday and a bits of it right at this moment, it just kind of leaves me with the feeling that they initially have this idea from the get-go where they just want to separate a lot of the Pokemon and just insert them into just their uh, random games that sort of made sense. Which, in and of itself, I can understand why, but still, it's still kind of completely shitty because of the fact that... Even from like the mainline game since the original, you've been able to at least go forth and <laughs> theoretically go through and capture each creature and then transfer them to like each subsequential version. I know from like the first two generations, it was kind of impossible to transfer to Gen three, and that's kind of how it led to the whole like uh, aspect of trading the game, trading your Pokemon from like Gen three all the way up to about Gen seven and stuff. But even so, with the the whole news in and of itself from the like with the whole national deck stuff, it still kind of reminds me of like history repeating itself, you know, from the aspect of Gen two to Gen three, and now it's like from like Gen seven to Gen. It's pretty much from like Gen three to seven, like all the way up to Gen eight, where it's like everything else is just kind of cut in between. Personally. In of itself, I'm happy that uh, he made the statement, but at the same time, I'm still kind of left pretty disappointed by the news that, uh, hey, they're not even going to be doing a patch or anything. They're just going to go ahead and just keep continuing doing as they're doing, you know, with their own vision and stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be... It's not... It does not mean that I won't be playing Sword and Shield. At the same time, though, I'm going to be equally more like uh critical though in terms of their future games considering that now they've consolidated the monsters that i could have originally had playable inside sword and shield potentially be added on to say a future release you know potentially like let's let's think of it this way and um here's an example that i'm personally thinking of back when like uh the third generation was going on with ruby and sapphire you had the whole thing of not being able to transfer Pokemon of the first two generations to Generation 3, Ruby and Sapphire. 
Well, they came up with their original games, Fire Red and Leaf Green, which were remakes of uh, Red and Blue, respectively. And then afterwards, they had their third game in the series, Pokemon Emerald, which you were able to transfer the Pokemon from like the first couple generations into Pokemon like uh, Emerald. I kind of get the feeling that this is going to be sort of similar to the same thing happening right here, where already you got Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and honestly, you could probably transfer those Pokemon. Honestly, you probably can transfer those Pokemon and stuff to uh, <sighs> Gen 8, I'm suspecting, because it looks like a lot of the uh, 151 original Pokemon are able to be transferred to that uh, region. But it kind of makes me think that uh, they're going to do something similar from Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald here for Sword and Shield, where eventually there's probably going to be some sort of uh, third game to the series, which is probably going to have a national dex to it. But uh, that's just speculation on my point. At the same time, it just sucks that Sword and Shield, you're not able to have all the Pokemon that you want, you know, to try to do what you want. But, uh, you know what, that's just the breaks right there on... For honest, like, to God fans that uh, want to play the games the way they want, you know, it's kind of sad. But at the same time, if Sword and Shield ends up becoming a fantastic game or anything regardless, I mean, hell, I'll still play it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my initial feelings of that. <laughs> okay. I, I Like I said, I, we talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't really have too much to add. It sucks that they're not there. It definitely, for, you know, for me, like I said uh, before, kind of take some of the wind out of the sails for me of like wanting to play that game. Uh, my, my overall like excitement for it was fairly low to begin with. And you know, I like, so they haven't mentioned who's not going to be in there. Um, depending on who's not going to be in there could really affect it. Like right. could, I imagine they're going to have all the starters, Charmander, Mosaur, Squirtle and all of them will be in there. But, um, I don't know the one, like I only know a quarter of them really well, um, out of the 800. And so, so it's, you find out, yeah, we yeah. Even for an example, we see we saw Charizard inside the freaking Nintendo Treehouse like trailer actually for the Nintendo Direct actually. And I think about it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I imagine that the big ones were going to be in there, but uh, it does suck to, to hear that uh, you know once again that they're not going to be in there. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much. Ads. It's 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 not my field, but yeah, it sucks. I understand uh, the disappointment for everybody involved. Um, but moving on to our last topic of the show real quick. Uh, so Remedy, who uh, is, their game comes out in August uh, called Control, which I'm lo- really looking forward to. Um, and they made, oh, fuck, what's that game called? Quantum Break, I believe. Was, was that them? Yes, that yes. was them. Great game. Really underrated game. If you have an Xbox One or you can play it on your PC, check that out. It's it's on Game Pass. Um, but really underrated, one of the most underrated games that came out, uh, I think I want to say 2015 maybe yeah that sounds about 2015, right 16 yeah really great game anyways uh, they bought the rights back to uh the, the game that kind of made them the most famous was alan wake um i want to say in 2010 um or 9 2009 anyways uh really really good game uh i remember uh, it's actually it was like our first we talked about like one of our first episodes uh so much so <laughs> that um gable's yep. pissed off jake uh, the Into the Darkness thing. Uh, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Um, what that was, American Nightmare. But uh, anyways, uh, they bought the rights back to it. Um, it. Microsoft owned the rights to it. Uh, and they just have, they, they did like a DLC thing for it. And they did like the standalone DLC that was, it was just okay. It felt like it, it was just kind of a Alan Wake light kind of thing. It was just like, it's, yeah, it's more of it, but it's not, it's just kind of there. Um, 
But uh, anyways, so they bought the rights to it back. Um, I personally am really excited about this. I'm hoping I've wanted a, a second Alan Wake game or more Alan Wake. I mean, at least give me at least like up up res it and re-release it to the current gen or something. Because um, that that game was speaking of you know, like of underrated games, one of the most underrated games of uh, I think last generation um, did not. I, I think it sold well, but uh, it could have. It was a lot better than I think the fanfare it gets. It's, but um, I don't. I don't. Gables, you played played the Alan Wake games or not? Have you? No, Son actually, I've bitch. never played Alan Wake. I've actually have the game on Steam, but I never really touched it. <laughs> but at the same point, I'm very excited that Remedy got Alan Wake back. That IP is definitely has a lot of possibilities to it still, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of wondering like if they do end up reporting this game like what systems are they going to be giving bringing it to could they just be doing a re-release say on the pc could they be going through and like maybe release some potential ports say on the ps4 or switch i mean that would be excellent well regardless of which yeah because well um quantum break was xbox exclusive alan lake was xbox exclusive controls coming to everything um so i imagine um they're their own separate company. They're not owned by Microsoft, so I bet this will probably come to everything, especially if they're buying uh, buying away from Microsoft, which I'm stunned about. You know, it's uh, we talk about a lot um, about how Microsoft they don't have a lot of big exclusives, a lot of big IPs, and definitely things are changing here with all the big well, all the companies they purchased over the last couple of years. But uh, um, this felt like this game already kind of had was a somewhat established, um, and I'm shocked they just never got around to getting a second one out there, uh, especially this generation when they can. Uh, really use some more firepower, um, but obviously it's oh, too yeah. late now. Um, the generation's basically over. Uh, they're working on control, and they don't own the rights to it anymore. So I don't. I, I'm glad to hear this. But it gives me hope that maybe the franchise isn't dead. Um, at the very least, if we can just get. I mean, if Ghostbusters can get remastered um, this summer and come to all the consoles. <laughs> Why can't we get Alan Wake? Yeah, true, right? You know, Ghostbusters was a fine game. It was a fine 7.5 out of 10. Fine game. Um, <laughs> I'm actually kind of looking forward to that game. I think it's only like 30 bucks. Um, so the Greg Millers of the whole everybody is looking forward to the remake of this pseudo Ghostbusters 3 yeah. remake. Yeah, hey, it was a good game. <laughs> I, 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 it's not as good as he sells it to be, but it was, it was a, it's still a good game. As someone that grew up loving Ghostbusters, uh, it definitely hits that uh, pulls out right heartstrings, um, but yeah. Um, give me, give me, just give me the Alan Wake uh, remaster, and I'll be content for now. But um, yeah, I think guys, that's going to wrap up the show this week. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group, Drunk Dash Nerds. Like and join us on there uh, on Twitter at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there on Twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables. Give him a big old follow, please. Um, really appreciate if you did that. On YouTube, Drunk Dash Nerds. Subscribe, please. Give us a big thumbs up on our podcast. iTunes, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Subscribe. Uh, leave us a five-star review and a comment. And on uh, Spotify. Check us out over there. Uh, follow us there, please. And if you guys don't have the review, if there is a review process at all, uh, give us the highest marks you can give us. Um, really appreciate it. Check, out, check us out in those places. And thank you guys for making June our biggest downloaded month ever. Uh, really appreciate that. Really? Yep. So that was really cool to see. I, we got a nice little boost from E3 and everything, but uh, and we also released like seven podcasts. Um, but yeah, it, I really appreciate um, getting those, seeing that makes it uh, gives the actual boost. Keep keep doing the show. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much again for listening. I was host. I was Tyler. 
and I have been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everyone, have yourself a good week. And most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, hey, hey Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet. Bye, guys. See ya.